0: Welcome to The Impact Show. Beyond training, beyond practice, this is the podcast for strength and conditioning coaches, sport coaches, personal trainers, and sports fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on the people around them. And now, here's your host, coach, author, and entrepreneur, Jim Kilbasso.
1: Welcome back to the Impact Show. Today is an interview show and I have an absolute treat for you. The guy that I have on the line today is somebody that I've known for many, many years. He was a a college strength and conditioning coach, kind of like I was and eventually got out and went into private practice, but he has done some really unique things in the strength and conditioning world. He set up a website a long time ago called smarterteamtraining.com. Maybe I'm giving him away right now for those of you who are familiar with smarterteamtraining.com. Um, but he, through the website, he sells products, but he also helps other people get publicity for what they're doing. So he's got a very helpful spirit. He runs clinics all over the country. You may have gone to some of them and he has absolutely First class speakers at all of these events. I think of this guy as the Gary Vaynerchuk of the strength and conditioning world. Because not only does he have kind of a similar attitude, but this guy's creative juices and energy are absolutely, absolutely nonstop. Sometimes people, when they meet this guy for the first time, they think like, oh, is this an act? I can tell you this is not an act. I have slept in this guy's house. I've met his wife. I've spent time with him. And he is always on. I don't think that there's an off switch to this guy. And I'm really excited that Rob Taylor is on the line. Welcome, Rob.
2: Hey, thanks, Jim, and I appreciate the uh, very kind words there. I, I uh, anytime I get a chance to speak about you, I speak uh, equally as highly, my man. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity here to inspire greatness in others.
1: But I am not the Gary Vaynerchuk of the strength and conditioning world, so y- you know you you have to describe me some other way.
2: I would say that uh, if you were a twin <laughs> in Detroit, I guess that that would be you, my man, I and mean, that that's got to be it, man. I, I mean, from the flip side of it, I, I look to you as one of the guys that's leading my way, man. You're, you're creating paths for me to follow, and uh, I appreciate your energy and passion for helping others. I don't, uh, I don't for a second take take you for granted, my man.
1: Well, something I also didn't under, uh, I forgot to mention is that you are also the host of the Smarter Team Training podcast. So, for anyone listening right now, when you're done with this show, you can flip over to uh, to your iTunes account type in smarter team training and you're going to see Rob's beautiful face on there. And, uh, you can subscribe to his podcast as well. Now, Rob, you know, you just said that you kind of mentioned that we have conversations and, and talk a lot. And every time we have conversations, just about a million different ideas come out of that. Um, and I think that is one of the most unique things about you. Where does all of that come from and, and how do you, wrap your brain around all the ideas that you've got floating around in there?
2: Uh, um, I, I keep a lot of lists. I'm a list guy. Um, <laughs> as mm-hmm. you implied before, my brain just works at, at 100 miles an hour at all times, and I, I, I'm sure that offends some people and maybe intimidates some others, And uh, but I just don't do slow, and I don't mean to be rude to anybody that goes at a different pace because uh, everyone can be successful at doing whatever they want as long as they're chasing their own passion and being honest and authentic with themselves. I'm cool with that. Um, but I, I write a lot of lists down. I keep a lot of books, uh, mm-hmm. and then I also listen. I, I think you need to. I think we need to do more listening in our field. Uh, I'm a fast talker. I'm sure you can figure that out already. But I'm also a really diligent listener, and I think that's where people. Um, I think sometimes people ask a question and they already got an, a response in their head without even radi- waiting for the response that comes out from the other person. Uh, and then after I have conversations with people, man, I, I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I write down. What I think would work best for us, or what could help others, I, I think there's a lot of things that I've never had an opportunity to do, and I don't think I'd be very good at it. But I have no problem, you know, giving that idea to somebody else who I think could be excellent at it. Um, so I, I think it just goes, you know, just goes back to that guy, that idea: if you help others become great, you also will become great by by encouraging others to uh, to achieve, you know, whatever success that they might have down down their path as well.
1: Yeah and i also you know i said this to you before in a separate conversation that i feel like your competitive spirit is so strong that you've almost got like a scorecard running through your head now you denied that and said you're not keeping score so i I'll, I'll take take it for face value on that but you know subconsciously i feel like you're constantly competing with kind of kind of yourself
2: but almost everybody talk about that yeah the uh, i'm a competitive guy um, so I don't know if I necessarily keep a scorecard because I don't know who I'm competing against, right. but I also do look out to different people and say, man, they're really good at that, and I'd like to learn. And and, and what I, I don't necessarily mean from like the – straight like you and I competing, but I think I've also done a good job, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm trying to challenge others who are listening. Uh, I took time at the college level to go and, and sit down with the marketing team or the media team or the video crew guys uh, or to learn and uh, about – uh, the specific sports that I was working with, and how they talk to kids, or how they talked about plays. Uh, the idea that if, if you want more, simply become more. And I, I don't know if it's like you implied a scorecard thing, but then I said, well, why can't I become better at photography or videography, or um, you know, how do you how do we engage people through psychology? Or I mean, you can be more than just your typical boring three sets of ten on the bench here. Because it, you know, I think our field does boil down to um, – you've you got to be a little more dynamic than just Operation Meathead in the squat rack. And again, no offense to anybody there, but I'm, I'm just bored of the three sets of 10 on the bench. Man, I do I, – again, you, you know this as well as I do. I got here this morning at 5.30 a.m. It is now 9.27 p.m., and I'm just as excited to speak with you as I was at the 5.30 group. Uh, I think that's just in, innate in me. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people that go to work, and they just hate it. I am very fortunate to go to work and love it every single day. Again, I've been here for a long time, and uh, if you want to do this for two hours, I told you before we started, how long do you need me? And and I will stay here and and try to inspire greatness in somebody. Um, I challenge other people, whether they're in the strength conditioning field or not, to find something you're passionate in and then – be willing to go through the the ups and the downs, the good and the bad times, or the good and the challenging times. I don't know if I've ever had a a bad time because I feel like I'm a more positive guy. I know I'm severely, you know, significantly sarcastic, but uh, but but I don't think I'm necessarily a negative guy. So uh, you got to find ways to turn, uh, you know, let's put it this way. I don't care if the glass is half empty or half full. I need to know what's in the glass first. So if I know it's mm-hmm. in there and it's worth going to get, I'll find a way to get it out of it. So. Um I think that's the the biggest message I can give to people is man just chase your passion and love what you're doing and and it's not the end until you figure that out.
1: You know and I think your passion is not just strength and conditioning but it's that entrepreneurial spirit that you've got inside you that you know a lot of other people that have been on the show have that as well. And a lot of strength coaches, um, you know, when they're in the college realm or the professional realm, they kind of try to push that down because they aren't sure what to do with it. You know, at what point when you were a college coach did, did you realize that, you know, cause you, you were doing clinics and you were doing stuff already, but at what point did you realize that, you know, I, I can't, I can't keep a leash on this. This is going to, this is going to take me somewhere.
2: Yeah, originally, Smarter Team Training. I'll, I'll kind of backtrack with that question and, and get to the point. But originally, Smarter Team Training, when I was a strength and conditioning, head strength and conditioning coach, I realized that part of our void in the experience as an intern for us was the business aspect. Again, you mm-hmm. and I went through colleges, you know, grad school, undergrad, you know, certifications, whatever, if you want to call it that. And I don't know how many people in our field actually sit down and study business or study marketing. We're really taught a lot about anatomy, physiology, that type of thing. And a lot of curriculums now are actually even pulling that out. So I think you're even learning less about being, you know, what, what our field is kind of thing. Uh, A Mm -hmm. lot of people can't tell me the three parts of a muscular contraction. And that makes me sick to even think about that. Um, if you don't know how a muscle works and you want to be a strength coach, you're pretty much in trouble from the beginning. So (laughs) I, I just, that just kind of makes me laugh when people come in as interns or even for young professionals in our field or even older professionals for that matter. But, um, we started creating, you know, clinics. I wanted to give back to the community, uh, so that we did the, the the clinic and the conference thing, and that turned into something really cool. And then I started really identifying with the concept of networking and, and valuing relationships. And when you're in the college sector, you also got to watch, uh, you know, the coaches you work with. You don't, you, there's a, some political kind of kind of thing you got to do there to stay very positive with people. And, and I don't mean any disrespect for that, but you just got to kind of watch the hierarchy of things. Um, so I started using STT. I said, you know, why don't we have interns create events and and speaking opportunities and learn how to write blogs? And, and at the time when, you know, at that time you and I didn't know what a website was to be honest with everybody. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if you and I even had a website at the time we started doing that. If not, it was very preliminary to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that that type of gig. So we were learning about it as we were going. But I was also learning about it from, uh, you know, from within the fountain of youth, the college environment. They were always the same age. So every year there was another 18-year-old and another 22-year-old there, so we had to figure out what was cool then, and we just keep adding and adding and adding. Um, then it got to the point, honestly, that I was making close to the same amount of money speaking and doing engagements and that type of stuff as I was being a college strength coach, averaging 73 hours a week, and I had that documented. And um, I, I just questioned if it was better to you know, go out on my own kind of thing and, and work 22 hours a week and be able to tour a little bit of the, the country and the world for that matter. And uh, you know, I just took a risk. I think sometimes, in order to become successful, you just gotta, again, just chase your dreams there and and believe in yourself a little bit. Uh, If you can't find an environment that you enjoy, then I challenge you to go out and create it. If you Hmm. can't create it, maybe it's not what you want or what you found, or you know, maybe you're just not ready to to really grasp a hold of what you want yet. I mean, those are things you got to question yourself. Or consider yourself, whether you're working in the college pro environment, the international level, um, again, you might be even in the military side of things now. And the, uh, I, just, I just think you got to figure out ways, and, and if you are going to pursue the private sector, because I think this is the, the most challenging sector of our field. The private sector, there's definitely many more challenges. Uh, as much as there was headaches in college, there's different headaches working in the private sector. Um, so I think you just got to enjoy where you are at and find ways to just really – become the best at who you are, where you are. I think sometimes people get in that concept of looking above them, you know, what's next, or I need to find if I can get promoted, or how do I make more money? And they don't realize that if they do a really, really good job, you know, raises will come, opportunities will open up, people will contact you to to work with so-and-so and, and that type of thing. I think that's more important than the whole concept of, you know, trying to build your resume and just being worried about the next gig. But I, I guess my entrepreneurial spirit just comes from uh, – one, one more, one to help more, more people around me. I really, and I say this humbly, and, and I'm, I'm very lucky to have a cool presence, as you indicated from the, the the intro here. And I don't consider myself personally successful because I still think there's so many things that I can still do uh, to help others become great.
1: Well, you know, you you talked about the stuff that you were doing early on, and um, you know, in other interviews, we've heard that term. Be thrown around as an early adapter or an early adopter, and I think that's something that you've done brilliantly. Well, you're always looking for, you know, what the next thing is, and you're kind of one step ahead of what a lot of people are doing. And and sometimes, I I honestly think some uh, that some people look at you when you start doing something, and they're like, "What is he doing?" And then the next thing you know people are trying to copy it, you know, like after they realize, you know, that, that it, that it's awesome. Um, Do you have a process that you go through to try to figure out what the next thing is? Because I know you're constantly thinking about, you know, what's next and, and where do I, where do I go next to, to, to stay cutting edge and stay leading? Do you have a process or does it just, the ideas just kind of come to you?
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest, and I, and I think you got to be free-spirited a little bit, and he also has to be disciplined, mm-hmm. and I think the, the part where they mesh is really where you got to focus on what matters. Uh, I mean mm-hmm. we get a lot of ideas, and, and I think it's great that we can have a – we have a dry erase board here that's probably six foot by – I don't know, six foot wide by five foot high probably that has 100 ideas on it, and we'll go through there on Friday and scribble off the ones that we think are not great, and we'll circle the ones or put it in red, the ones we think we want to try next week. And then if, if it doesn't last for a week, then we figure out another way or, or you know, that type of thing. So some of that stuff is uh, engaging the staff and keeping the interns excited and, and trying – just trying different things that, that you know, who, who throw it against the wall and find out what sticks kind of gig. Uh, but there's other things that we also want to keep to a, a standard of ethics. Uh, we want to keep to a situation where we really, you know, believe in what we're, we're selling. Uh, like right now, I, I don't – you know, kids want us to be on Snapchat. I mean we're on Instagram, and, and I, I'm an, I'm a an social media embracer. uh, mm-hmm. uh Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, the, the website, the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find other ways to engage people and get into their smartphone or dumb phone or whatever you want to call it in front of them. Um, the, the, that, I just don't know um, how else to do it unless you listen to other people sometimes. From there, mm-hmm. then I have to sit down and find out if it's worth collectively our time. Uh, How it benefits us, again, from the entrepreneurial side. Can it benefit our our networking? Can it benefit one person and inspire someone new each day kind of message that we always have? Uh, That's a challenge that we have within the staff. Can you contact or connect with one person new each day? If we have 21 people in here or whatever the number is, if one of us does that every single day, I mean that's a lot of people at the end of the year that we've made a positive impact on. Um, and then on the flip side, again, again, you got to ask from the business side, is there, a, is there a return on it? I mean does it help mm-hmm. a, a sponsorship or is there a way to monetize it or, or market it? Or if there is no way to monetize it, does it lead to opportunities down the road through networking and that type of stuff that opens other doors? I mean you got to sit down and, and really strategically – I mean a lot of people will sit down and write out an entire periodization program in a, in a strength world. I mean we really are are concerned on what we're going to do in week seven uh, with the – whatever the clean jerk and the percentages are going on there or whatever else. But you don't sit down and do the same structure with your business. That makes me a little nervous. Uh, So we Mm kind of try to do the same concept with that uh, as far as the structure. We have a plan in mind, and then we try to implement that plan, realizing that there's going to be changes and adaptation along the way.
1: So are you going to get on Snapchat or not?
2: I don't. I don't know. I I don't know how <laughs> to use that. If someone knows how to use it better than I do, uh, please let me know. But I don't want to live on the phone. I, I don't want to keep staring at the phone because I think I think at some point you miss that engagement, eye to eye, that handshake. Uh, we, we have a policy here that it, that uh, if you want me to elaborate on, it, I can. Uh, from a psychology side of things, it's an ask, give, touch uh, standpoint. And I think if you're staring at the phone too much, I don't think you can do those three things. So. I haven't figured it yeah. out yet. I don't. I don't know yet what we're going to do with that. Hopefully, we do. I
1: don't know. Well, I was going to actually. You know, it's a great segue. I was going to ask ask you about some of your customer service stuff, and I kind of know a little bit about um, about that three step process. And I think it's I think it's brilliant. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your philosophy on that?
2: Yeah, one of the big things that we do here, um, we don't we don't count reps. I'm not a big fan of counting reps when we train. I don't know. If the muscle honestly knows the difference between five, six, seven reps, I really don't believe that you've you know broken down the science that one's hypertrophy and one's muscular endurance, and I just I just don't know if I believe wholeheartedly that the muscle knows what the number is. So we're going to coach reps really well, but we're going to mm. count high fives. Because successful teams or successful businesses have more positive interactions than unsuccessful teams or unsuccessful businesses. So if you're coming here as an athlete, I think we need to have more positive interactions. If you're coming here as a client, if you're coming here as a mother or a father watching your son or daughter work out or a spouse uh, supporting your husband or wife or you kind of get the gist, um, we're going to make sure that we have a positive interaction with you. It could be a high five. It could be a handshake. Uh, heck, it could be a pat in the back. It could be a hug. I don't know. I mean it, but it's going to be some type of positive uh, interaction, a wink. I mean you've got to figure that out on your own, what works for you. So for us, it's a high five. Um, so we started creating that concept, and, and more and more since I've been out of college or I guess out of the college sector I should say, I've been, I've been more curious about the psychology of how humans interact, and I think that's something mm-hmm. that people don't look at or don't study enough. But successful people that, that talk or, or have better relationships, they generally do three things, and it's ask, give, and touch. They ask a question, and, and in our setting, let's say if you came in to work out with us, it could be simply, hey, how's your day? Uh, what are some things you want to work on? Does anything hurt? Is uh, there anything you want to avoid? I mean those are simple questions that you ask a question and then listen. The important mm-hmm. part is listening. you got to ask the right question and then listen to the response. It may not be an answer, but it might be a response that leads to a better question. So ask, <laughs> you kind of get the gist. Uh, then you're going to give. So in here we give, we, we give a towel. Uh, or we'll give a water bottle or something. There's got to be some type of transfer of quote-unquote energy to that person so that they know that you've actually done some homework for the session prior to uh, them getting here. So it could be giving, you know, giving and explaining what the workout's going to be so that they understand what it is that, that is expected of them that day. And then we touch. So that could be the high five, let's go get them, you know, that, that rah-rah kind of gig. But we're giving them energy. And I think a lot of people. I mean, you and I could go to gyms around the country here, and people walk in, and it's the same guy in the cutoff T-shirt. And I'm going to stereotype here with the Saran, you know, the, <laughs> the the spandex pants on, with the fanny pack in the front, and just slunched over, just like, yo, when's the next guy coming in? I, I just, I want to be the complete opposite of that. I mean, we have khaki mm-hmm. pants on, polo shirt, you know, our shirts are tucked in. Uh, we do have, you know, cool kicks on, but that's kind of my gig. I like socks and shoes. Um, so we just look different than your traditional. "Quote unquote trainer." Uh, so I, w- I just want to elevate that. I think our I think our staff, or excuse me, I think our our our, our field needs to elevate themselves if we want more from uh, from a money standpoint or, or more from a uh, legitimacy standpoint, that type of thing. I think you need to dress for that success kind of look um so i think that's one of the big things that we do within the first three minutes we've already done ask give and touch and and it's a big part of what we're doing uh we actually even did tonight we bought pizza for the guy that uh, had the most high fives during the session i don't know who honestly won it it was just a way to motivate him so we all got pizza because everybody understood the concept so uh, i think we had a great job with nike basketball tonight and we probably got uh well I'll, i'll give you a stat steve nash uh, high fives in a in a typical practice so it's either 60 or 90 minutes don't hold me to that you can look it up yourself over 200 times he has over 200 wow. positive interactions with teammates I mean, what, how many times did you have? I mean, I'm, I'm not putting you on the block here, Jim, Jim but yeah. I mean, the, the listener, I mean, how many positive interactions did you give somebody who was working with you, who was paying to work with you for 30, 45 minutes? I mean, to do something before they got there, during it, afterwards, uh, maybe just a random phone call to say, man, you did a great job, and, and I'm really pushing for you because I think you've just been working so hard. You deserve a, a congratulations, man. Thank you for being outstanding, and I'm looking forward to continuing to inspire greatness. That, that could be a mindset message. I mean, we share a lot of that stuff on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook. Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever else, uh, steal it from me. I don't care. Uh, but I, I think we need to do a better job of just getting people up and moving. And uh, I think it starts with each one of us just accepting that challenge on a daily basis.
1: Well, you know what? That's I, I love that philosophy because I kind of do the same thing. And I, And I think a lot of people are just plain scared of being positive. But you know, I, I was actually giving some really encouraging feedback to a, a girl today at at a local high school, and her response to it was almost like it, it was as as if she hadn't gotten much positive feedback before. You know, and and it, when I walked away from that uh, interaction, I thought, you know what, we have to have these positive interactions with people because we don't we don't always know if they're getting that anywhere else and you know, if just telling the kid um, you know that I think that was the best hanging leg raise I've seen today. Um, You know, that kid, that might be the most positive encouragement that kid's gotten for something physical all day long. And I think that a lot of us kind of forget and we're always looking for, you know, like absolute greatness rather than just, you know, nice stuff to say about people.
2: I got got a couple conversations, if you don't mind me running down the road here. Uh, As long as there's progress, regardless of how slow or small or whatever it is, it's still progress. And you should should support or encourage what you want to see. So if progress Mm -hmm. is your goal, which I would assume is everybody's, why wouldn't you support that with energy? On the flip Mm -hmm. side, if it's not what you want to see, I think it's the easy coach to just identify it and say, you're just lazy or be some type of mm-hmm. you know instead of reward what you want to see as a big message we do around here again that positive mm-hmm. you know high five type scenario whatever little thing is something that we want to see and it could be simply as you know and I'm not being I'm being serious even putting the cups that are dirty in the recycling bin as opposed to the trash can if you want mm-hmm. to see that you should high five somebody if it's a great rep be excited for them it can be one perfect rep but if you don't do one perfect rep, you're never going to get to two perfect reps. So you've got to really encourage and, and, and transfer that energy uh, and, and enjoy that. Um, I also – I just believe it's too lazy of a and – and I'll be honest with you. I mean I – at times I will use colorful language to inspire greatness in somebody if that's the type of motivation that they quote-unquote desire. Um, mm-hmm. But by no way am I berating the character of the individual. I am trying to make them laugh, or focus, or just mm-hmm. understand that it is okay to to struggle and learn. It's okay to fail and become better. It's okay to show weakness to become tougher. Uh, I, I just think um, just because you you know quote unquote curse on somebody that makes you a tough coach. I, I think I can do sessions that there are no cursing, that there are all smiles, that we are laughing, and that they will touch the line and tell people that I'm the toughest, you know, hardest coach they've ever had. Mm-hmm. I, I think the environment is is got to be dictated or created by a true professional in the field who wants to inspire greatness in others. If your if your desire is just to berate or belittle somebody. I just don't think you're going to be successful in this field. I I certainly wouldn't want my kids or or your kids in particular, Jim, to to work with somebody who isn't being positive, man. If you're not encouraging people uh, to to chase their own greatness and be their own version of success, and that that doesn't mean they have to be a world champion or uh, an NFL first draft pick, and and I could go on. I've worked with everybody at the elite level, and and, and you've been very lucky to work with very high athletes as well. I'll tell you what, I get just as excited as working with – 12, 13-year-old young ladies who are mm-hmm. you know, learning how to play basketball, but mm-hmm. every day they're getting a little bit better. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily are defined by the level of athlete you work with or the level of client you work with. I think you you should be defined by the the amount of positive impact you make on the lives of others that are around you at the moment.
1: So if you're listening to this show, can you tell why I have Rob on The Impact Show? I mean, that's exactly what you're doing, you know, is you're making an impact on people. And I think you make a conscious effort to do that. You know, every day, um, you know, do you almost, you know, you've got that s- scorecard in your head on, you know, competitive, but do you also kind of have a scorecard of how many people you're, you know, having a positive impact on?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, I guess I, I guess I try to, I mean, I, I don't know how many people we influence and, and I wish we got more, I guess everybody wish we got more emails and that type of stuff, but I'll tell you what the, the emails that we do get, and let's say I got 10 or 15 emails today, and probably the staff got a couple from whatever we shared on social media or the radio show or the blog or, or workouts or whatever. You get the point. Um, you know, they, they, Those carry a lot of weight with me because I, I feel mm-hmm. like if you get one of those, I'm sure there's 100 people there that, that got the same message, but 99 people didn't want to write say thanks or just to say, man, appreciate yeah. the time or energy or that type of thing. And I, and I really – and I, I'll, I'll twist this the other way. I, again, I speak at colleges all over the place. Um it's, o- it's always 1% of the class that, that actually communicates back and follows up, and it, yeah. it also translates into the professional environment. You also speak at, at a very high level as well around the, the country and the world, and it's funny when we go to these professional development events that no one reaches out to us afterwards and just develops a networking and that type of stuff. And then they're the same people that you hear about down the road being like, man, the field just doesn't work for me because you can't do – and I'm thinking to myself – I'll tell you what. I, get, I'll, I go to these events. I don't even want to go to the presentations. I want to meet everybody that wants to talk, and I will follow up with emails and invite them to the art location and uh, put sponsors into their facility, not to sell stuff but, but so they can learn stuff or mm-hmm, invite mm-hmm. them as a VIP to our events. I mean there's just so many things that we can do in this field if we were just, uh, just willing to uh, let our guard down a little bit and ask two basic questions. What has worked for you, and what do you know now that you wish you knew then?
1: Hmm. Good question. So what do you know now that you wish you knew then?
2: Um, I guess uh, you know if we're going to talk about coming from uh, – we're talking about our young professionals uh, in, in college or even high school setting, um, the value of networking. And not mm-hmm. only necessarily you knowing people but also having people know you. Uh, one the one asset that you and I have is that we can pick up our phone with almost anybody in the field, and they will get back to us. Um, it's just really cool to know that some people say – you know, I follow your stuff, or i 've heard about you, or I heard you speak or and, and they 're willing to pick the phone up that, that's a, there's a different level of networking that goes into that as far as developing a relationship, uh, that type of thing. Uh, going from the, the college environment when I was there, especially as a young strength coach, man I, I thought it was all about program design, and I thought that we could figure it out as far as winning championships and stuff by just you know going through that recipe if you want to call it that of, of uh, this is what you do in April, and this is what you do in May, and, this is, and then that, that led to a championship. And I I think early on in my career, I didn't value the the relationship aspect of it, and I think I've really swung the complete opposite direction now that I've gotten older and and obviously had relationships above and beyond the professional environment. Uh, uh, Personally, obviously, I think you start realizing that it's not just people you're dealing with, but you're dealing with loved ones, and there's a difference there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and the people that you work with in the college sector or even now in the private sector, man, you've got to share a little bit of yourself, and and some of that is sharing your love for others and just people – so I think that that part of the, the gig is, is from the college sector is just how valuable relationships is and how cool life is when you have supportive people that are fun to be around, that are energy givers, uh, that are, that are never-say-no kind of people. Uh, I think that's just a lot of fun to be around. And then now in the private sector, man, I, I know that I should have went – when I was in college, I guess I should have learned uh, more about business and marketing. And yeah. you and I have talked about that several times, and I would challenge uh, professionals that are in the field now to pursue not only – uh, you know the the NSCA conferences and, and the professional development conferences from around the many 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 organizations that are in or within our field, but a lot of them don't do business development type stuff. Um, no, and it's really, very rarely. Yes, yeah, and it's sad. It's very sad. I, I don't. I mean, I let uh, I speak at events again all over, and I say, "What's your time worth?" Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't answer that question. Well, then how do you know what you should be charging? Uh, I mean, we we've missed that entire that entire uh, Part of developing as a young professional, because we ha- because maybe maybe it should be on us. I, I don't know if I when I was in college. I know for a fact I didn't even consider taking business classes or marketing classes or even you know learning how to answer the phone correctly. I didn't that this wasn't my I I didn't even think that because I felt like I was just you know drinking a Kool Aid. And if I understood uh, you know three sets of ten on the bench and match it up with the you know double up the pool exercises, uh, the shoulder will be healthy and and the kids will be great and more people come. That's the, not the truth. That's not the truth. <laughs> Uh, the truth is, is, if you don't market yourself well, and you're a great strength coach or a personal trainer, you have no business.
1: Well, you know, I, I actually hope that um, that a lot of college professors are listening to this right now too, because I think that you know, when you're in college, if the professors aren't teaching you about it, then you just assume it's not important. Correct. But then you get out in the real world, and you realize you don't have these skills. Well, what happened? Yep. You know where where. When was I supposed to learn them? And uh, OK, so back on the networking thing, though, you know, you, you were talking about that and you do a fantastic job of networking. But a lot of people also try to network with you and you all you help a lot of interns and young professionals get ahead in the field. What are some of the things when people are trying to approach you? What do you like them to say? What do you do? not like it, uh, you know, what do you not like when they, when they try to approach you a certain way, um, and, and what kind of tips do you have for someone who really doesn't have uh, a, a very expansive network and is trying to develop that?
2: Uh, I, I got a bunch of them, and, and hopefully, they have yeah, pen and paper. Uh, one, know how to give a good handshake and mm-hmm. make eye contact when you do it.
1: Okay, so those are things that a lot of people right now are probably thinking, yeah, 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 I can do that but unless you make a conscious effort to do those things and really practice them um, i don't think you're understanding truly what rob is saying right now so you know talk about that value real quick and i don't yeah. need i don't mean to stop you but yeah. i think i think that's really important
2: I, i'm a i'm a i'm a uh, be brilliant at the basics guy yeah yeah i can teach you our system as far as strength and conditioning goes i don't think that uh, we're overly complex but the complexity is in the simplicity, mm-hmm. and we're going to hold you accountable to a high effort level. We're going we're gonna to really require discipline, attitude, toughness, effort, and support uh, so we can win on many dates on the calendar. I can talk about that for a while too, but it's the little things. I mean if it's not important to you to dress appropriately – and again, I get a chance to have many interns. I get a chance to speak in front of many college kids, and they walk in in like sweats, and they want me to take them seriously. I think you're demented in your head if me as a professional is going to give you a job or an internship or even have a conversation with you if you know that I'm the type of person that wants to help elevate people around me, and you're walking in with a look that's not sellable. Um, that mm-hmm. drives me nuts. So again, wear a polo you know, sh- you know, know, shirt, tuck it in, wear a belt, make sure everything looks clean, make sure you smell good, um, <laughs> that type of environment. Uh, There are other people that aren't that way. I I don't actually look at resumes, but I will Mm. call your references, and if they don't pick Mm. the phone up when I call, I'm assuming you didn't let them know that I was calling. So now I have a little bit of a question there, so that's two things that kind of are red flags to me. I'm also really good and take pride in getting back to you as fast as I can. Uh, whether it's you texting me, Jim, or anybody in the field, I don't care who it is. If you email me or s- send something to me on social media, I try to answer it before the end of the day, and I probably get to it as soon as I get done with whatever we're doing. I expect that. You
1: do, you do a great job of that, by the way.
2: And I expect that in return. I feel that that's something that I do that nobody else does in the field. I mean there are very few people, and I don't mean to be disrespectful for somebody who's listening to it. This conversation, you're like, well, i do it. Well, here's a hint. You're also a one percenter in this field then if you do do that. I know I make an adamant effort to do that to people, and if I haven't gotten back to you on something, it's probably because it went through the spam filter or, or it's not gotten to me, and it's a typo or something because I feel like I truly try to do that. When I reach out to you, I expect that back. It's not something I want. It's not something I'm hoping for. It's an expectation on my part. So if I call you or text you or respond to a message, that means I want to engage you in a conversation. Let's rock. I mean people get, people get like caught off guard when they say, hey, if you have time, give me a phone call. And as soon as I get the email, I call them, and they're like, whoa, that was fast. I'm like, your reaction shouldn't be, whoa, that was fast. Your reaction to others should be, why isn't that normal? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, that boggles my mind why that that's not normal. So uh, I, I think our our standard of excellence is higher here uh, from me just pushing and driving and, and wanting more from others. I think one of the reasons people come here is because that's the expectation is, is greatness. And if you don't want to become that, as you implied the scorecard, man, I, I'm not coming to work every day to, to finish second. I don't care if you're a 52-year-old and you're a soccer mom or if you're a Nike you know basketball player or one of our – Pro guys or, or pro Olympic ladies, I don't care what it is. We come here because we want to be champions. And whatever that is, I don't care what the task or, or objective is, but you want to become great. So I'm going to hold you accountable to that every single day. And then and in return, I hope there's hundreds of people holding me accountable to that. If there's a typo on something or something I screw up, call me out on it. I, you're only making me better. I don't view that as anything negative. Uh, if, if, I gotta be, if I'm going to hold people to, to an excellence level, then people should hold me to an excellence level. I don't think you should ever hold someone to a perfection level because I don't think that's attainable.
1: Man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing all these thoughts with us, and I'm going to have to have you back on. Um, you know, I think I told you that every other segment or every other uh, episode on the show is um, kind of a three-part segment, and one of those is a business segment. So w- are you up for coming back on sometime and, and doing maybe a business segment with us?
2: Yeah, I'd have no problem doing any of that. Again, if I can inspire greatness in one person, and, and I'll, I'll give a, a to the listeners that are listening to this. The only way you help Jim spread this message is – I don't care if it's on YouTube or whatever platform this is on. You have to rate this and share the, these types of episodes, and I, I don't mean necessarily mine or the one we're doing here. But the only way that you encourage greatness in others or you would get Jim excited or myself excited is messages like these. You have to share them and really give back and um, you know send me an email, send Jim, Jim an email or anybody else who he has on the show. But if it's on iTunes, rate it and share it. Write a review. It takes seconds. I mean, uh, if you want uh, if you want content like this, you you got to really support the message and the people that are, are are doing it. I know that a lot of people do that on our end from the from our show and stuff. And I think that's sometimes a message that kind of gets overlooked. So if if somebody wanted to reach out to me or or you, Jim, with conversations that they want to want me to share, uh, I'm I'm fairly you know pretty much an open book, and and I have no problem. Uh, at all, uh, trying to inspire greatness, and, and if you and I can spend, you know, it, it's almost you know after ten o'clock at this point. I mean, I don't care if I have to do it again. If we want to stay up to, and do this at one o'clock in the morning, but if one person uh, can become better from a conversation you and I had on a podcast or a YouTube clip or an article we wrote, uh, I think both you and I would would do it again in a heartbeat.
1: I love it, Rob. Thanks for the message, man. Really, really appreciate it. And people can find Rob again on smarterteamtraining.com and all over social media. You can either look up Robert Taylor, although there uh, are a lot of Robert Taylors to go through. But if you go to um it'll take you to his site. If, if you can't remember smarterteamtraining.com. Rob, thanks, brother.
2: Thank you very much, Jim, man. I appreciate the opportunity and uh... Keep doing what you do, man. You're inspiring greatness in others.
1: That guy, Rob Taylor, has so much juice. It is ridiculous. Make sure that you check him out at smarterteamtraining.com and follow him on social media for more info from him. And I also want to make sure that I thank our sponsor, the IYCA. I've talked about in episode 00 why uh, we have a sponsor and what kind of you know message we're sending, and their message of impacting one million athletes through coaching and doing that through coaching education just aligns perfectly with what we're doing. And I hope that you agree with me and check out their information. Use that promo code JK30 if there's anything on their website that you are looking to purchase. And make sure you also go to my website, uh, jimcabasso.com and Check out all the free information that I have on there and the IYC has also provided. We'll see you on the next episode of The Impact Show.
0: Thank you for listening to The Impact Show. We're glad you're joining us on this journey of making an impact on the people around you. Please visit us at jimkilbasso.com for more information and ideas to increase your impact. And of course, we hope you subscribe to our podcast to enjoy more tips, stories, and advice from our industry's leaders.